You're the King of glory, Lord. Your love is better than life. We worship you. And we lift our hearts to you today. We worship you. We come with a heart of thanksgiving, a heart of praise. We love you, Jesus. We love you. We love you, Jesus. You're the meaning of life, Lord. And apart from you, there is no good thing. Lord, I welcome you in this place. We rely on you, Lord, to supply all our needs, mentally, emotionally, and physically. We pray from today, Lord, that our contentment is in you. The greatest riches that God the Father invested in was his son, Jesus Christ. Today, Jesus Christ, you are our perfect investment. Thank you that in you alone we are complete. I pray from today, Lord, that every heart in this place can be complete in you. Holy Spirit, I pray that you go to every place of their minds and hearts and their spirit. And bring full restoration to them. Because Lord Jesus, you transferred us from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of your son that you love. We are transferred today, fully justified by the Lord Jesus himself. Thank you, Lord, that we have been brought near by the blood of Christ. You're sufficient to make everything sufficient inside of us. Thank you, Jesus. Today, Lord, as a body, we like to thank you that you purchased us by the cross. And I pray, Lord, that every mindset, everybody's identity is replaced back inside of you. Holy Spirit, restore each of their identities. That they may know that nothing can separate us from the love of God ever again. Jesus, we thank you. We worship you, Lord. And I pray, Holy Spirit, that you restore every person here. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We thank you, Lord Jesus, for what you have done in this place. You're the head of this place, Lord. We honor you in the highest way through your Holy Spirit. And I pray, Lord, that you have this meeting today as you do every week. And allow each person to be content in Christ. Delivered in Christ. Healed in Christ Jesus. Worship you. Worship you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus.
We thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Taste and see that the Lord is good. you you may be seated that was a beautiful worship can we have a round of applause for the worship team i think um the holy spirit's pleased with that music because it's a worship that glorifies jesus christ amen how are you all today we're good jesus name Who's ready for today? Okay. Um, just before I start, um, there's a few people in this room that are struggling financially. And if it's on your heart um, to help, um, it will be um, grateful for you to put whatever you can to help these people. They have families and they're struggling. And they can't keep up with the pressures of life. So um, the box is there. Uh, the box is there. And if anyone would like to put uh, any amount, you, you don't need to. But if anyone would like to put any amount um, for two families that are struggling here, that would be appreciated. God bless you. Okay. Who's ready for some testimonies? We love testimonies. Is that is the guy? Oh, he's not here. He's not here. Okay. Who's been blessed by the sessions of envy? How much have we learned about envy? Very powerful. Very humbling. You know, I believe the greatest victory is when you can see the issue. Yeah. I really believe that the greatest victory is when you can see the issue. When you can see what you're dealing with. I really believe so many people struggle because they can't see what they're dealing with. And they never witness the freedom that is in Christ. Anyways, before I start, I'd like to share a testimony. I have a few testimonies. I don't know if I'm going to share the first one, but, but I'll share the second one. Pretty intense. Okay, so really the company of the vacuum is called Mile, yeah? Mile? Mile, Mile. Okay, just a <laughs> so our vacuum our vacuum broke down um last week. Our vacuum broke down in our house. And um it's funny because the brand of our vacuum is Mile and Mile. <laughs> What's it? Insult. So, anyways, the company is uh, Mile, and and anyways, um, my job site, my job site, um, in French's Forest, um, the factory is next door, and I just started that job two weeks ago. 
And anyways, um, my mum went around looking for a vacuum, and she, 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 it didn't work out for her. So I'm walking. Um, this morning I was on the phone with Edgar. We had a good chat in the Holy Spirit. And I found a, a, a credit card at the front of the office of that place. And I thought to myself, I'll just go in and um, give him the credit card that someone dropped. And I walked into the place, and it's like a, there's offices and there's people everywhere there. And something amazing happened. Like it does wherever we go. We're walking epistle of Christ. People should read us by the way we walk. Amen? So, I gave the lady um, at the counter the credit card. I said, someone, I think, has dropped this. And she goes, oh, thanks for that. They took it. And I saw there's vacuums there. So I went and had a look and I said to the lady, um, how much for this vacuum? And the lady said, um, it's around $500. And she's probably watching now because she got, she got touched mightily by the Holy Spirit. And I don't say this to embarrass you anyway, because <laughs> I think she is watching. I shared to allow people to understand what God's got planned for us. It's too powerful. But I see this from week to week. It's something that I walk in now because I train myself to be more active in the kingdom than my own kingdom. So I got to the table and the man started asking me, you know, like, you know, um, where do you live and whatnot. So I started to preach to him and he wasn't too much interested. Like he brushed me off in a way. And I was preaching in front of everyone, like people there. Anyway, we are going to find an opening to preach about Christ. Then the lady took over and she said to me, um, um, this is the vacuum that you want and we'll give it to you for 450 And we'll throw you in a free brush, a free head for the vacuum, extra $300. And I got to the counter and I said, God bless you. Her name's Mary. I said, God bless you, Mary. She, she's in her, I think, late 50s. And she said, God bless you more. <laughs> I said, okay, I'm, I'm in the right place. Word by word, how I tell you. And I said, I said, I preach the gospel. And the lady on the counter, she just stopped and she's looking at, she's looking at this guy like, he's this weirdo. We don't even know him. He's got a hard hat on, steel cap boots, high vis, and he's telling her I preach the gospel. And she looked at me and she smiled. And you know what she said to me? She said, 16 years ago, I got raised from the dead. You have to hear this story. You have to hear this story. I got in my car, I cried the whole way back home. Because we can be part of God's beautiful plan. And she goes, I was dead for half a day in the hospital. And she goes, I left the hospital bed. Then she was flying in the clouds. She passed the clouds and she came to a light. And she goes, all I saw was a light. I didn't hear a voice. She goes, I saw a light and I stood in front of the light. And then I woke up from the bed. And I said to the lady, 
I said, the Lord's got major plans for you. All those years of her not being active, not understanding God's purpose and God's will. I said, God's divine connection. And she goes, I know. So she followed me to the car to drop off the vacuum. And I said to the lady, can I pray for you? And she said, yes, you can. And the Holy Spirit showed me, showed me her whole life and all the places that she's been suffering. And it was pretty intense. And the Holy Spirit fed on her in the car park. And I said, can I just hold your hand? If I, it's okay if I just hold your hand. I'm scared if they fall or something happens. And she, she looked at me and she said, how did you know everything that I've been going through? And I said, because Christ wants to free you. I go, you saw him all those years ago and you never advanced to understand who you truly are. And I said, your testimony is amazing. And she said to me, you know what's funny? She goes, I have a partner and he's, a, he's like, a, like a man of God and he reads the Bible. And I said, yeah. And she said, he lives in Greystains. I live in Greystains. But look how God brings people together. God located that woman because I'm obedient. But look at that. My vacuum broke down. It was a good $450 preaching. <laughs> because if the vacuum didn't break down, I wouldn't be there encountering this lady. And I thought to myself, and I'm not like saying it for the sake of saying it. It's true. At times, man's disappointment, it's God's appointment. And I'm not making this part of the vacuum issue. I'm just telling you, there was an issue with the vacuum. And because I went to buy one, God had a fruit there ready to preach. She said to me she died and she saw her body. And she left the hospital bed. She heard all the people trying to resuscitate her and everything. And all those years, she hasn't understood her destiny yet. That's what I got from her. That all those years, she's yet to unlock her destiny. And I, I saw it straight away in the spirit that God's put me there to plant a seed and to bring her to her true destiny. And she said, I saw a bright light that was too bright. And as I come to look in it, I woke up. She goes, I didn't know how long I was dead for. But they pronounced her dead. And she said, I love the Lord. She said, but I've never read the scripture. And we prayed and God spoke to her about everything she's been going through. And unlocked every knot that the enemy tried to put inside of her. When I, when I started to pray, this violet wind came out of nowhere and touched us both, literally. But I expect this wherever I go because we are sitting in heavenly places now. We're no longer workers of this world, though we have to work and bring an income and whatnot. But the true work is the kingdom. But I shared it with you so you can understand the bigger picture, what God has invested in you. You know God's loaned you on the earth? You ever thought about that? 
God's loaned you on the earth. He's loaned you to the earth. To teach people to invest in the greatest investment you can ever invest in. The kingdom of God. Really. I got in my car and I cried. Because wherever you go, there's a desire to live your life and be selfish. Or there's a desire to promote God's kingdom. And you don't have to force the fruit. St. Paul says to some your death, to some you're the sweet aroma. But most of the time God puts people and all you have to do is preach. Isn't that amazing? Bless me. You've blessed my heart today. I always thought I'd share that with you. I'll share another one, actually. <laughs> Getting a bit cold. <laughs> so, so this guy calls me um, to go and pray for someone. They were going to turn off the life support machine on a child. Um, so after Sunday, Sunday night, and, uh, another one. challenging being there but I like it I like to get put in those places because I want to see the true glory of God but that's not so much what I'm speaking about um, they were supposed to turn off the machine the next morning or in that same morning and they, they, ha they haven't turned it off yet there's been a change in the boy by the grace of God but what was interesting is when I was on the way to the hospital Someone picked me up, and he was so intrigued to come with me. I said, okay, I'll come with you. It was one in the morning. I said, we'll go. No problem. And I got to the place. It's okay, it's okay. I got to the place. Um, we're on the way to the place, Westmead. And his motor starts to blow up. I, I, want, I want you to see this. Because you think, oh, it's probably some low on oil or low on water. His murder was blowing up. And he goes, what's wrong with my car? It's losing power. All the lights are coming on. I said, it's okay, it's okay. It's okay. Put my hand on the car. In the name of Jesus Christ, I command this whole car to be restored. And he's looking at me, he's laughing at me. He's actually laughing at me. I said, my friend, why are you laughing at? I said, Jesus can do anything if you believe. And as I said that, the lights went away, and everything went back to normal. Someone may think, ah, oh, you're joking. I'm being serious. In that moment, whatever you believe, it'll be done unto you. And it's true. And it was just uh, funny how the enemy wants to interfere in everything. He wants to stop the true work of God. I knew exactly what was happening. I knew exactly. He wants to stop me from letting the boy live. He wants the enemy to get the glory. And it's true, because when someone dies, unfortunately the enemy gets the glory. How does he get the glory? Pain, the trauma you have to carry, the 
separation from that child. That's how he gets the glory. And many people blame God for it. And it's not him. It's not him. So God will be build people to raise the dead, heal the sick, and cast out devils. He's building it. It's coming. It's coming. But look what extent the enemy went to to stop me from getting there. The same spirit that rose Jesus from the dead, it's in us. We have the power and authority in the name of Jesus. But how can you raise the dead when you yourself are not dead to the flesh? It's a process. We're going through the process. So there was a change. When I got in that room, I share it. When I got in that room, people nearly fainted from the presence that came into the room. There was five people in the room. And they couldn't stand anymore from the anointing of God that was in the room. And it's not my job to work out anything but to pray in faith. And I just met that person, never met him before. And I pray by God's grace he lives. So the man that got touched, the uncle, to me, fire came over me and I couldn't even stand anymore. And I knew it was the Lord. And he said, can you come to my house? Just that one encounter opened the door for us to, to go and produce more fruit, to preach the gospel. And it was so powerful. I haven't, um, I haven't um, heard yet what's happening. But I just share with you that when you open your heart for the Lord to work through you, He will. Who would think a vacuum place next door to my job site? God raised someone from the dead 16 years ago. I think it's 16 years ago or maybe longer, I don't know. But who would think that God will allow you to connect with someone so you can lead her to the way of Christ? It was so powerful. Okay. Any more testimonies? No, no more testimonies. Okay. So, today we're going to learn about the mystery of Cain and Abel. It's actually such a beautiful truth. But so many people read it, and without the Holy Spirit, you can't understand it. But I want to share the meaning of Cain and Abel. I read the scripture, and I'll tell you what the Holy Spirit said to me, then I've done my study. Okay. Let's go to Genesis chapter 4, verse 1. <clears throat> it says here, now, now Adam knew Eve, his wife, and she conceived and bore Cain, and said, I have acquired a man from the Lord. Then she bore again, this time his brother Abel. Okay, so I want to stop there. I want to explain a little bit as I go. So this is a, this is a symbolic picture of the flesh and the spirit. That we are born into the flesh. Yes? And that when you are born again, you are born into, the, into Abel, which is symbolic of the spirit. So can you see the picture? Go back one verse, please. 
Now Adam knew Eve, and she was conceived and bore Cain. This is a picture that we are born in the flesh. Does that make sense to everyone? Can, can, can you understand that? It says here, And she conceived and bore Cain, and said, I have acquired a man from the Lord. Then she bore again, this time his brother Abel. Now Abel was a keeper of sheep, but Cain was a tiller of the ground. Now there's a treasure here. I, wanna, I want you to open your hearts. Where did sin come from? Yeah, Adam and Eve. So sin came from Adam and Eve. Look what God done in the next verse. Look. Uh, next, uh, sorry, yeah. Then she bore again, this time his brother, Abel. And Abel was a keeper of sheep. Look at this. Sin came into the world. Abel was the first man to be recognized as a shepherd and die. It's a picture of Jesus Christ. That sin came into the world and God atoned right away through his son. Can you see? It's interesting, yeah? And then you start to understand and read why Abraham didn't have to sacrifice his son because God already done it through Abel. Can we understand? It says, But Cain was a tiller of the ground. Now this is powerful. Anyways, I'll keep reading it. I don't want to get caught up. Uh, next verse, please. I'm just giving you a picture how the Holy Spirit teaches. And in the process of time, it came to pass that Cain bought an offering of the fruit of the ground to the Lord. So, so many people, so many people conceived that as works. They bought their works, as in whatever it is, good works or whatever. It's, it's wrong. And in the process of time, it came to pass that Cain bought an offering of the fruit of the ground to the Lord. Now, let's, let's go back there. This is a picture of your flesh. Because what does your flesh do? It only offers something to God. Cain offered not all himself. Abel offered him whole self to the Lord. Okay, it's a picture of Jesus Christ, but it's also a picture of us. That you have been bought at a price, therefore honor God with your body and with your spirit. So this is the picture of the flesh. That what does the flesh do? It offers a portion of itself to God, not all of itself. Are we understanding? I will explain as it gets deeper. Next one, please. Abel also bought the firstborn of his flock and of their fat. And the Lord respected Abel and his offering. But he did not respect Cain and his offering. And Cain was very angry and his countenance fell. Now I'm going to explain this because there's such a spiritual treasure in this that will unlock every heart today. I really believe out of all the preaching of envy, this seals it this teaching, because God showed me what's behind envy. How does envy begin in a person's heart? And when you can see it, I'm telling you, your freedom is there. 
Okay, so it says here by uh, let's go back. But it says here by he did not respect Cain. That that's like he 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 hated Cain. That word there, it's like he abhorred him. He couldn't stand him. So we'll keep going. So the Lord said to Cain, "Why are you angry?" Now, let's take a step back. It's the first time anger is mentioned in the Bible. I just want you to pay attention how the Holy Spirit lets me see something so we can get to the root of why someone operates in anger. Okay, it says, So the Lord said to Cain, Why are you angry? And why has your continence fallen? Your continence means your emotions, your emotions, um, and your character. You know how the New Testament is so big on character? Yeah? Continence in the Old Testament means your character, your mood, and your emotions. So let's say someone's operating always in a mood of anger or in an emotion of anger. There's something so deep that the Holy Spirit wants to show us today. It blessed my heart, truly, because God let me understand so much from this teaching. So it says, and why has your continence fallen? It means that your character, your character has fallen. It means that you're trapped. And the New Testament is so big on character. But I want to show you that envy and the root of envy being unchecked leads your character into a place of destruction. God is after character more than the Spirit of God working in us. God is more interested in our character than anything else. Do we agree with that? Uh, is there any more scripture? Or that's it. Yeah, we'll keep going. If you do well, will you not be accepted? And if you do not do well, sin lies at the door. Now remember that sin lies at your door. What's lying on his door? Yeah, what type of sin? Envy. You'll begin to see what's behind envy. <laughs> so it talks about a door here. You see, um, New Testament, he always speaks, I am the door, I am the good shepherd. You begin to see now, Christ is showing you that I'm going to take your place. I'm going to do what you cannot do. Because without the grace of Jesus crucified on the cross, you cannot overcome this door. Believe me. So it talks about a door here, the first time a door. Remember in the Old Testament, whenever they used to speak with God, there was windows. New Testament, symbolic of the doors. Jesus is the door. He is the good shepherd. Remember, Abel was a shepherd. He's saying that for a reason. I lead you to good waters, good pastures. Make sense? Okay. And it desires is for you, but you should rule over it. Okay? So he's talking about something ruling over you. If you do well, will you not be accepted? And if you do not do well, sin lies at the door, and it desires is for you, but you should rule over it. Okay, next one. I just read that. 
Now Cain, <laughs> now Cain talked with Abel, his brother, and it came to pass when they were in the field that Cain rose up against Abel, his brother, and killed him. Now, you want to hear some revelation? The Holy Spirit told me this is the picture of what Abel couldn't do in the wilderness, Jesus has done in the wilderness. What Abel failed to do in the wilderness, overcome Satan, Jesus did it in the wilderness. Amen. Very powerful. What did Satan try to do to Jesus? Kill him. But he couldn't. He's the son of God. He's living in us now. So what Abel failed to do, Jesus fulfilled it. Okay. That's it, yeah? Four more. Keep going with that. Then the Lord said to Cain, Where is Abel, your brother? He said, I do not know. Am I my brother's keeper? And he said, What have you done? The voice of your brother's blood cries out to me from the ground. Now you begin to see Jesus. Can we all see it? That Jesus Christ cried from the ground to the Father. But look at this here. Go back one verse, please. Then the Lord said to Cain, Where is Abel, your brother? He said, I do not know. Am I my brother's keeper? When did the voice come back in the New Testament? When Jesus got baptized. The voice came back. He found him. This is my beloved son, whom I'm well pleased with. He heard the voice. The voice that got rejected, the voice came again that is accepted. It's a beautiful picture. And he said, what have you done? The voice of your brother's blood cries out to me from the ground. So now you are cursed from the earth, which has happened, its mouth to, which has opened its mouth to receive your brother's blood from your hand. When you till the ground, it shall no longer yield its strength to you. A fugitive and a vagabond, you shall be on the earth. Okay, we'll stop there. Now, when I'd done a fast last week, on the second day of the fast, I was lying down on the couch, and the Holy Spirit spoke to me. And he said to me, you know why Cain got rejected, or why his offering got rejected? And the Holy Spirit said to me, because his feet touched the ground. Okay, I'm going to explain what that means. He said his feet touched the ground, and Abel's feet did not touch the ground. Okay, keep that in your hearts while I preach what I studied. I don't want to give it away now. I don't want to give it away now. You're going to understand this. So, so many people have preached it, but by the grace of God, I don't compare myself to anyone. The Holy Spirit showed me what it means, and it makes perfect sense. So, ready. The Hebrew meaning, remember what was Cain? He was a tiller of the ground. Now, there are two words I'm going to get into now. The Hebrew meaning of Cain is from the Strong's Hebrew 7014. 
and his name is pronounced as Kayin, Kahin, or something, yeah, something like that. Kayin, yeah. It means to be in possession or to possess. So Cain's name in the Hebrew means to, to possess something. Okay? It means to possess something. To possess what? This is from the from the ethod. To draw to itself through selfishness. Pay attention now. To draw to itself through selfishness. To possess to its own center, to be self-centered. This is what Cain means. To be selfish. To cut through. To spear you. To provoke by envy and jealousy. Cain represents the genius of evil. He refers directly to the part of the human conscience, flesh, which is the work of the flesh and it strives to acquire and possess through being self-centered. He was a tiller of the soil which places him in the earthly domain. Cain is the carnal man which is rebellious and he is planted in the physical realm. His feet are focused on the ground, carnal man, carnal mind. What does the Bible say? Do not be conformed to this world or the pattern of this world, but be renewed by the spirit of your mind. Can you begin to see now what was Cain offering? Now the next word gives it away. So the Hebrew word for tila, the Hebrew word for the tiller of the ground, which is obed, obed, that's what it is in the Hebrew, it's strongs 5647 for the one who wants to follow. So what does Cain represent? To possess, which is the flesh. Yes? Look what tila means. And then you can say, well, now I understand what he was trying to offer God. The Hebrew word for tiller of the ground, it means to serve. So the tiller means to serve Cain, which is symbolic of to possess the flesh. Ready? The word tiller means to, to serve, to keep in bondage, to enslave. Are we getting this? Yeah, or you need a bit more? So the word tila means to serve. To serve who? He was a tiller of the ground. To serve Cain. Okay? So the word to serve means to serve Cain, which is symbolic of to possess the flesh. To keep in bondage through Cain, which is the flesh. To enslave through sin, which is the flesh. And another meaning of tiller of the ground means to transgress, meaning to keep or to be conformed to the mind of the flesh. So what was Cain offering God? What was Cain offering God? His flesh. Bondage. Being enslaved. It means 
it means that no one can come to God through the flesh. Let's keep going. This is the tila. This is what the word tila means. So you read the story now, you say, well, I understand now why God was rejecting Cain. Someone say, oh, it's good works, but God, your works are like filthy rags and all this. It doesn't mean that. It means he was coming to God out of the fleshly man, the rebellious man. Because we are called by the grace of God to do good works. So he was bringing the flesh to God. So the word here, tila, means to obey its desires, to wander in the flesh, to backslide from the truth. That's what the word tila means. Wow. To have a good look at ourselves now, to backslide from the truth. Are you a Cain? Are you operating in the spirit of Cain? Let's have a think about it now. <laughs> well, never thought about it like this. To backslide from the truth. Are you operating in the spirit of Cain? Because that's how he worships God. To fall from grace. The word tila, that's what it means. You see the spiritual treasures? How many people today are operating in the spirit of Cain? God forbid. What's your fruit? It's best you hear it from me rather than when it's too late. I'll take off my jacket now, I'm warm. I'm really joking. I'm here to encourage you, but in the truth. Really. The word tila means to wander in the flesh, to obey its desires, to keep in bondage, to enslave to sin, to serve Cain. The one who serves the flesh, what does Romans say? He will die. From what? From your spiritual status. Let's think about it like this now. The Holy Spirit showed me a picture of Cain and Abel. Yes? It shows me a picture of the flesh and the spirit. Yes? When the Cain, when you let the spirit of Cain work inside of you, he will kill the spirit of God which is Abel inside of you. Take a step back. When, you, when your feet touch the ground, which is symbolic of your mind, living for this world, thinking like this world. Yes? When your feet touches the ground, meaning that you're enslaved to this world, you're in bondage to this world. Yeah? That's the spirit of Cain. But the spirit of Abel, you know what the word Abel means? It means a breath. Can you see? This, the Hebrew meaning for Abel is breath. What is that symbolic of in the New Testament? Walk by the Spirit. 
it means we're seated in heavenly places where there's no flesh. Can, can you understand? It means that we're foreigners in this world. We cannot have the mind of this world inside of us because it's contrary to God. So why Cain killed Abel is because as soon as the spirit of Cain touches you and you begin to live for this world, he will kill the spirit inside of you. It's, it's very deep treasure. So the Holy Spirit showed me that the feet is symbolic of your mind, your walk with God. And what's the first encounter you have when you walk with God? Renewing your mind. What does Satan do? He attacks your mind. All the compromising and all the believing happens here. And then you make decisions. That's why Paul says in Ephesians, capture every thought to the mind of Christ. Then you may punish every disobedient thought. So your faith is determined on what you meditate and entertain in your mind. So many people are injured today because why? My people are destroyed. Why? Because they have heard the lie and they have made themselves residents in this life. Make sense? So look why Cain killed Abel. As soon as you put your mind focused on this world, guess what happens? Where does Satan roam? He roams the world. He cannot touch when you're in heaven. <laughs> Satan cannot touch you when you're walking in heavenly places. He cannot touch you when you're walking in the kingdom of God. Where does Satan roam? He roams those to devour, those who are living for this world. What's this world? What's this world? What is this world? The lust of the pride of and huh? So let's repeat it again. The lust of the pride of life. Everyone quiet. What's the third one? No. So John, John speaks about it. Come on. Lust of the eye. Pride of life, the lust of the eye, and the lust of the flesh. Okay? So you see how the enemy can attack the believers today? How? Is when your feet, Cain, touches the ground. Where you walk, you're walking for this world. You're walking for this world. You see how your journey with Christ is very sensitive? You see? Who today is walking in the spirit of Cain? Wow, you're hurting me. Who today is operating in the spirit of Cain? Because God will not accept your offering because you've been bought at a price by His blood. The greatest, the greatest answer to God's calling is self-denial. Is the absolute trust that I'm going to surrender my life to Christ. 
have you have you given your absolute trust to him because as soon as you have your absolute trust for him what happens he works in you the voice is not blurred anymore your antenna is not small anymore what is the spirit of abel gives him whole self to christ amazing the spirit of abel gives his whole life to christ just as christ done it for the whole world we are to live as christ did he gave his whole life to god our father how does the enemy attack you he brings the flesh to you to enslave you to keep you in bondage and to trap you that's why so many people struggle to hear the holy spirit that's why the truth god wants to speak so put it this way you got to read how the holy spirit wants you to read as soon as your mind as soon as your mind touches the ground the flesh will be so powerful to kill the little of able that's inside of you At least someone's beeping for me. <laughs> okay. See how deep the Old Testament is? Is that someone's alarm? Huh? Grace thing? Okay. Okay. In Hebrews chapter 11 verse 4 we'll go to that one before the 12th. It says by faith Abel offered to God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain through which he obtained witness that he was righteous God testifying of his gifts and through it he being dead still speaks what did he offer to god what did he offer to god life in the spirit jesus christ being the center and the foundation the author and finisher but he offered to he offered to god 
He offered to God life in the Spirit. I have not come to do my will. What did Jesus say? I have not come to do my will, but the one who sent me. You know you're loaned. You're loaned by God on earth. Do you know that? You're loaned. You return to your Creator. You return to God your Father. You're loaned. It's not your life anymore. Can you not see it? It's not your life anymore. And Cain is the picture. Yes, it's a picture of the flesh and the spirit, but it shows you that without you cooperating with the Holy Spirit, it shows you how Cain can destroy you. Are you listening? You have been given the precious Holy Spirit. And he shows you that without cooperating with the Holy Spirit, Tony preached about last week, praying in the Holy Spirit, it's crucial. Yeah? You will not be able to kill the cane inside of you. Can you understand? Because what does the flesh do? It does the things contrary to the Spirit. They're always in opposition so you don't obey the true will of God. You begin to see and acknowledge in your heart how precious are the gifts that God gave you to overcome. And so many people say, I struggle to pray. You will struggle for the rest of your life to kill the cane that wants to enslave you in this world. You will struggle the rest of your life because the flesh lusts against the spirit from keeping you what you are designed to do from God. So remember, I, I, I share a treasure, maybe you'll get it, maybe you will, not, you will not, but I'll share it. So God showed me, it's amazing, could we go back to the door? That sin is lying at your door? Uh, Genesis. Uh, back to Genesis where it desires to, to rule over you. I just want to give you a picture of what Jesus Christ done. So I went in overload last week, or this week. I went in overload, clapping in my room to the Holy Spirit for allowing me to see these treasures. Really, God lets me see these treasures because I'm wanting to grow. When you study the Word of God to grow and to be transformed into the image of Christ, God will let you see His glory. When you study the Word of God to be someone, yeah, that's as far as you go. That's as far as you go. So look here. I want to show you a picture of why you can destroy the spirit of Cain inside you now. Ready? Look, if you do well, Will you not be accepted? And if you do not do well, sin lies at the door. And the desire is for you, but you should rule over it. Now look here what it says here in John. It's amazing. Holy Spirit said this is what he means. Let's go to John chapter 20, verse 19 to 22. Now I want to give you a picture, and you're going to have a, 
overloading your brain, but I'll just show it to you quickly. Then the same day, is that New King James? What's that? No, New King James. Yeah? Is it amplified? No, I think it's... Okay. Then the same day at evening being the first day of the week. Now, let's go back a sec. What happened in the first day of Genesis? What happened on the first day of Genesis? The light hovered upon the, up, upon the face of the deep. Which light was that? Which light was that? Jesus Christ. I am the light of the world. Okay, I want to show you here a picture because it actually links up with, it links up with the scripture perfectly. Then the same day at evening being the first day of the week. Remember, remember Genesis speaks about a door. Yes, you with me? Then the same day at evening being the first day of the week, Genesis chapter 1, about the light. When the doors were shut, remember Genesis? Sin desires to rule over you. He's showing them the door out now. Okay, he's with me. When the doors were shut, where the disciples were assembled for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood in the midst and said to them, Peace be with you. When he had said this, he, sh he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. Now remember, what does Abel mean? Breath. That's unbelievable. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. Next. So Jesus said to them again, Peace to you, as the Father has sent me, I also send you. Now, Abel failed. He couldn't produce any seed. Christ fulfilled it. Next scripture. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. Now, why can you overcome the spirit of Cain now? It's because the Holy Spirit that's inside of you. That's why. It's actually unbelievable. You have the grace now. Just open your mouth, like Tony said last week about praying in tongues. There's no need to think about, is it working? Am I moving places? I haven't received anything yet. Just open your mouth and speak. You can talk so much for the world and it gets you nowhere. Imagine how much if you talk to God, how much you'll grow. <laughs> it's so true. You know, people say pray and this, that. I pray, I do pray and I don't stop praying. And this is the fruit God lets you see him greater. There's nothing greater than seeing Christ greater inside of you. Because then you can lay down your life for him. Nothing is out of feeling enslaved, feeling in bondage, which is Cain. So you see that door in Genesis? I am the door. You can begin to understand. And there's many instances about the Old Testament about doors, windows. And it's very powerful. And he said, receive the Holy Spirit. Okay. So it, it gets deeper now.
we haven't touched the surface of why someone operates in envy. This is regarding envy. Because guess what? If you don't pray in tongues, and if you don't crucify the flesh, guess what's left for you to operate naturally as the world operates? What is it? Envy. You can't... When you're far away from the Spirit, the only thing that's left is your flesh. And envy is the main denominator. Okay. Now let's go deeper. Who wants to go deeper? What was the main reason why? Uh, uh, can I have a microphone? No one's tired, yeah? Okay. <laughs> this will free your spirit forever if you understand this. I thank the Lord Jesus for showing me it. I really do. Because so many of the questions in my heart got answered. Of why people operate like this. And it's massive. Okay. So, no one cheat for the people that I've told. No, no, one, no one cheat. Okay, no, Chris, no. Okay, so what do you think is the main denominator of why someone operates in envy? I just want one word, not a paragraph. So, so just hang on a sec. So, who said? So, who said fear? Fear. What's that? <laughs> What's that, sir? I can't hear you. Lust? Okay. Pride? Anyone else? Anger? Yeah, just say the whole scripture. <laughs> okay, let's have a look. The Holy Spirit showed me. Let's go to Genesis chapter 4, verse 3 onwards. This will shock you why the world today is suffering with envy. And I was coming to, literally, I was coming to study. I was coming to study about how to overcome envy and the Holy Spirit stopped me. And I thank him that he did because he, he completed the message. If I can say it like that, he completed the message, taking me to the root. Look at this. I hope you do get it. Because if you can reflect upon your own life, you'll be forever free. Okay, let's look at it here. And in the process of time, it came to pass that Cain bought an offering of the fruit of the ground to the Lord. Abel also bought of the firstborn of his flock and of their fat. And the Lord respected Abel and his offering. Next. But he did not respect Cain and his offering. And Cain was very angry and his countenance fell. You know what that word respect means? Rejection. He felt rejected. Isn't that amazing? That the root of envy is rejection. <laughs> oh. 
why so many people in this world today operate in envy. It's because they feel rejected first from God, then from themselves, then towards others. Can you see? Let's have a look. Now look at this here. I'll paint you a picture. And I'll paint it to you how Christ showed it to me. The root of envy is rejection. And the fruit of envy is anger. And the result of anger is a fallen character. You can digest when you go home. The root of envy, the root, the main problem of why someone continuously operates in envy is rejection. They feel rejected. It's all over the Bible. The, f the fruit of rejection is envy. So when someone feels rejected, naturally they operate in envy. It makes so much sense. It's hiding in the church today. It's hiding in families today. It's hiding all over the place today. I'm going to explain what the main denominators are. But the, the result of envy, because of rejection, is anger. And then that leads to a fallen character. Can you see it? Let's have a look. That's why in the Bible it says, I will never forsake those or reject those who come to me. Because if Satan gets a hold of your rejection, you're in trouble. If Christ gets a hold of it, you can overcome. But today, think about it. How many people are operating envy today? How many people are operating, first of all, in rejection and envy and anger? And some people hide it in different ways. They deal with it in different ways. You see how deep the Holy Spirit is to, to even show us these main roots? Why? Because He wants to pluck them out. Okay. So number one, I'm going to explain this and I'll finish off. There's four points. Four points. Number one, the root of envy or the stronghold of envy is rejection. And how does that appear? Um, if someone's hurt us or abused us physically or verbally, if someone's hurt us when we have been neglected, and this can be inside the church, outside the church, most of, it, most of it family. Someone hurts us when we are abandoned. See, someone hurts us when, he, when we are mistreated or not favored. See, as a result, we bite hard onto that lie of the past where there is trauma, hurt and pain. And this person didn't love me or value me. What follows me next, every time we fail or make a mistake or someone mistreats us, Satan reinforces the lie by whispering the lie, you failed again or that's who you are. Pay attention, please. As a result of rejection being the door to envy, 
we bite hard onto that lie of the past where there is trauma, hurt and pain and this person didn't love me or value me, what follows next? Every time we fail or make a mistake moving forward, someone mistreats us, Satan reinforces the lie by whispering, you failed again or that's who you are, you will never get it right and then you accept it. This is massive for behavior today. You know how many people I ministered to and I couldn't put my finger on why they're operating in envy. Holy Spirit showed me. It's rejection. I couldn't put my finger on it. Why is someone doing this? And rejection doesn't sound as evil as envy. But that's where it leads to. Because you begin to lust what you don't have because that void of rejection inside your heart. Okay, the next one. The result of rejection is envy. See, we envy what we don't have. You, you cannot have peace. You can envy that. You cannot have love. You envy that. Then you look outside instead of looking to, to Christ. And then you become a person that begins to idle other people's happiness or joy or contentment. So the result of rejection is envy. We envy what we don't have or we envy what we lack as a result of the past pain of rejection. This is massive. Everyone can relate to it, I believe. Most of the times the pain of rejection is unbearable. Most believers, unfortunately, shut their hearts at this time. So some, someone says to me, this is very common with me, and I saw it. Some, someone says to me, uh, how do I get closer to the Lord? Uh, start fasting and praying. Uh, three days a week, fast, pray in tongues, minimum an hour a day, and meditate on scriptures. They said, okay. They come back to me, a mess. They come back to me like they got hit with a baseball bat spiritually. And you know what it is? God exposes the rejection. He exposes the rejection. And most of the times it appears in your relationship. It appears between leaders. It appears between your children. It appears between your parents. But I just want to show you what God surfaces. Let me just keep explaining. Let me keep explaining. Most of the times the pain of rejection is unbearable. Most believers unfortunately shut their hearts at this time. So when you fast and pray, the Holy Spirit brings it to the surface. You can't find any comfort anymore. It's right in your face. And they said, how come I feel like this? Because the Holy Spirit's showing you the root of envy, jealousy. He's showing you it's because there's a place of rejection inside of you. And it can hide in many areas of your life. Believe me, and it can still hide. But the Holy Spirit loves you too much that when you trust Him, He brings it to the light. He, he loves you too much. He brings it to the light. So the moment I started to trust the Holy Spirit, whatever surfaced, I didn't try to resist or put, push it back inside of me. I brought it to the throne of where Christ washes you by His blood. See, the Holy Spirit brings it to your conscience, then you must confess. But how can you confess if you don't cooperate with the Holy Spirit that brings it to the light? How can you? 
See, a lot of people don't pray enough for the Holy Spirit to surface it. And then you've got Satan on the other hand, reinforcing all the lies of your past failures, your past traumas, being neglected, being abandoned, being not loved, being not accepted. You see? So Satan's main procedure in dealing with rejection, people shut down. And, and that's how the body is formed to shut down. Without the spirit, you can't deal with it. You need the Holy Spirit's comfort to help you in this area. Because by yourself, it's unbearable. And it's true, without the comfort of the Holy Spirit, you cannot receive healing. So people shut it down and it hides through different areas that I'm going to speak now. But don't attack me after this session. <laughs> you know why um, I get excited? It's because it's real. The journey is real. These battles are real. Many people are struggling from it. They don't know how to overcome. For Holy Spirit to solve our problems and to get us out of the problem, this is why He's in us. One of the reasons. Okay, now let's look at this. Let's look at some points of how you try to medicate rejection without the Holy Spirit. Pretty big. So let's say, let's say you struggled in your family, in your upbringing. Let's say you didn't have a good upbringing between um, father and mother. And you had a hard life in your upbringing. And you faced traumas and battles and whatnot. So you try to medicate rejection by trying to be overprotective on how you raise your family. So you as a person, because you had a traumatized upbringing as a child, and I'm not trying to dig up something that's not there. This may relate to some, maybe not to others. But let's say you had a, a hard upbringing in your family. So the spirit of rejection will say, I've got to do everything I can so I don't become that person for my children. Can you understand? And what, what, what happens there? The enemy comes in, comes out, attacks you how he pleases, because you're not doing it by faith. You're not doing it by rest. You're not doing it by the Holy Spirit. You're doing it from the trauma of rejection, and you're trying to bring it into your family. Can you understand? That's a massive one. Okay. So what ends up happening to the family? It breaks down. Because rejection, it can only last for so long. The cracks will appear. Fear. Spiritual attacks. Someone trying to feed you. Imagine trying to be loved when you're operating in rejection. I hear always people, you don't love me. Why are you distant from me? Why don't you invite me here? You know what I can really hear? I can hear, I feel rejected. That's what I can really, now I can see it now. And they argue with their spouses. Why don't I feel loved from you? It's because of rejection. The only one who can fill that void is Christ. He's the only one. 
Imagine rejection without Christ being fulfilled. You try to get it from your wife, husband. You try to get it from your children. It's a recipe for disaster. Can you see it now? You want me to keep going or I'll stop? This is a very common one next. Stop. Who said stop? Chris, come in. <laughs> Chris, come in now. This is a very common one, the next one. And this happens, this happens, this happens inside the body and outside the body. Okay? Some people medicate their pain on friendships. Some people medicate their pain on friendships. Whether in ministry or outside ministry, where it becomes possessive, controlling because of rejection. You see how envy, behind the envy, there's a deeper root that the Holy Spirit's surfacing. And every, some people can say, that's me. I said the same. And there's no need to shy away. I said the same. I suffered with many of these because of my upbringing, unfortunately, and abandonment in, in many ways. And it's very common. But we don't have to carry it moving forward. We're free in Christ now. Our children will be blessed now because of, our, because of God called us and He healed us and restored us from this. Okay, now it's going to get a bit intense now. So some people medicate their pain on friendships, whether in ministry or outside ministry, where it becomes possessive and controlling because of rejection. Some people always say, you know, I feel left out from you. You don't give me enough time. I understand now that they're suffering with rejection. It makes perfect sense. Okay, the next one, very common one. Some people medicate their pain on work addictions, where they work tirelessly to avoid thinking or dealing with the unbearable pain of rejection. Well. Wow. Now, people are going to say to me, because of your preaching, I cut my hours in half. Listen, I'm not telling you what. <laughs> I started to see why so many people uh, are trying to run away from what Christ needs to heal inside of you. Some people medicate their pain on work addictions. You can see why. What, what, why uh, money comes into this now. But let me keep going. Next one. This is a very common one. And this was, this was me also. Some people medicate their pain on playing sports. Where their identity is in how good they are in a sport. That's why when so many people leave um, the area of playing, whatever they were playing, they fall into a depression because their rejection was getting fulfilled in that area. Can you understand now? So, so many people's identity is in rugby league or soccer, whatever it is. And it was, rejection was hiding there because they felt accepted there. They felt valued there. They felt like the people are applauding them. They felt like they're someone. They leave the football. I heard most of them fall into depression after football. 
It's because their rejection was getting fulfilled in that area. It is, it's, and, and not only playing sports, so many people become uh, people where they're continuously watching sports. They're continuously all over the place because their identity is in this area. They keep their mind busy. See how rejection hides? See how it hides? I don't mean go throw your TV out, but I'm just telling you. <laughs> it's so true that their, their, their sense of rejection was getting fulfilled how good they play. Now, this is a big one for the ministry. The Holy Spirit spoke to me for this one. And he said to me that so many people medicate their pain of rejection through serving in the ministry. Yeah, I feel left out. You know, I feel like I need to do more for the church or more for believers. And all they're trying to do is to heal or fulfill that rejection inside of them. That's why in the Bible, they're in no rush to promote anyone. Can you see? Some people medicate their pain in serving in ministry because they feel rejected. They think if I serve, the feeling of rejection will leave me. But in fact, it gets worse, because once the ministry fails to fulfill that void of rejection in you, that only Christ can heal, people build an agenda of trust issues, fear of being left out, insecurities, and the matter is worse. That's why the Bible teaches us to be patient when picking people to serve. That's why we should be in no rush to promote anyone. And I'm in no rush to promote anyone, because I understand the flesh Trying to, trying to get something to fulfill something doesn't work. It has to be laid on Christ. Okay, this is not so much for the body. I hope not, but I'll just say it. Most people medicate their pain of rejection through sex, drugs, alcohol, and gambling, and a rebellious lifestyle. And finally, people medicate their pain of rejection through making money. You can see why envy is so attracted to money because it wants to fulfill a place of rejection inside. Can you see? And lastly, and for, for the people that love food, close your ears. <laughs> close your ears. <laughs> close your ears. <laughs> Some people medicate their pain on binge eating. Excessive eating becomes a stronghold for weight gain, trying to fill a void through the comfort of food regarding rejection. You see now why someone needs deliverance for losing weight. You see now why the Holy Spirit delivers someone regarding some people not able to lose weight, the root is rejection. It's 
it's unbelievable, but it's so, it's so true. Try, that's why so many people, you know, I feel empty. I feel lonely. Let's go for a coffee. Let's go for a lobster. Let's go for a steak. <laughs> you see, but how much food is blocking that void of rejection? That's why Christ tells you to fast. Nothing can hide anymore. Nothing can hide anymore. <laughs> Nothing can hide anymore. <laughs> well, the girls are going to be waiting for me outside. Only girls? Oh. You see that? Binge eating and excessive eating is a spiritual stronghold because of rejection. So guess what happens? Let's go to the gym. Now, I don't normally preach like this, but I'll just share it. Let's go to the gym. Let's eat healthy. Nothing works for me. Because you're dealing with rejection, not looking after your weight. You're dealing with rejection. When your identity is restored in Christ, then you can look after your body. But imagine trying to look after your body and it's spiritual. Can you understand? <laughs> Just thank the Lord Jesus in your hearts today for giving us this word. Believe me, because your life will change after today. The Holy Spirit took us deeper than envy to see rejection. The whole world suffering from rejection. That's why so many people are slaves to the world. Is because they're trying to fulfill a void that only Christ can heal. But many people don't know that. So they become enslaved to the world. It's so true. How many people are suffering in marriages? How many people are suffering in raising up children because of rejection? How many people are uh, binge eating instead of being satisfied because their comfort's in food? How many people want to serve out of rejection and when things don't go well, they pull the plug? The issue is rejection. And let's look at what Christ says about rejection. Can we go to Isaiah? Can we get, go to Isaiah 53? Isn't that amazing that Christ Jesus died for your rejection? Let me read something to you. If you leave for people's acceptance, you will die from their rejection. If you live for people's acceptance, you will die from their rejection. That's why Paul made all those statements. It's so true. Paul made all those statements that no one's opinion means anything to him anymore. Not that he's being rude, or not that he's being um, prideful, but he knows his identity is in Christ alone. He knows that. That's why he couldn't be persuaded by what people think of him anymore. It doesn't mean you act wrongly or, or, you, or you be rude or anything like that. But Jesus didn't commit himself to anyone because he knew everyone's thoughts. Or he knew their hearts. And Jesus got betrayed from the people most close to him. Because he knew what was in everyone's heart. He guarded his heart. And can I share something? I, sh I shared it with my wife today. We got, we got, me and my wife got called to a house. This is probably the second time me and my wife went on a mission. 
And it was the hardest mission to take my wife on. Then the, the boy had Crohn's disease. And he was a young man. And he wanted help. His family were like vultures. Mocking me and my wife while I was praying. And I felt so rejected that day. I can't tell you how much I felt rejected. And I said in my heart when I was praying, Lord, if I've just come for him, heal him by your blood. And he got healed from Crohn's disease. And, and I just want to show you that rejection, being left undetected, can be a bridge for you not to give your life to Christ. The fear of man proves to be a snare. How is the fear of man proves to be a snare? What's the root of it? Rejection. When you feel rejected, you stop preaching the gospel. When you feel rejected, you don't give all your life to Christ because you're worried about what people say. Can you see? And where's the f first place rejection appears? Your family. That's the first realm of attack that Satan uh, pushes forward. Your family, then your friends and relatives, and then the list goes on. <laughs> and the Lord, they were mocking me as we were praying, laughing at us. It was Satan himself trying to make me fall into a place of rejection so the Spirit of God doesn't work. Okay, so look here. Christ died for your rejection. Do you know what that means for us? That we don't have to carry this anymore. See, when you're delivered from rejection, you live like Christ, but you're restored. You're not trying to obtain something because of rejection. But being greater than that, Jesus died for your rejection. Meaning that every void of rejection that's inside of you, loneliness, abandonment, Christ will heal it. And he did that at the cross. He did that for you at the cross. So let's say you're suffering from rejection and all your life, those patterns that I've read, yeah, you can identify what you're going through, you can bring it to the throne of grace and be cleansed for it forever. Forever. And you can move on with your life after that. Don't let this dictate you. It's a terrible disease. Rejection is a terrible disease. Because there, there is what? With rejection, what is there? What's the main root of rejection? Insecurity. Insecurity. After insecurity, low self-esteem. You start to see? Every situation that comes upon your heart, you start to look down on everything. And then what happens after that from rejection? Negative heart. I keep going. I stop. Isn't that amazing that Jesus died for rejection? He stood in the gap for you. Does that mean you're going to be rejecting this world? Certainly. But you'll do it when the peace of Christ is in you. It won't affect you anymore. Because Christ already told you that you're going to be persecuted. But when what's inside of you is healed, nothing will bother you anymore. So it says here, he was despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and pain, 
and acquainted with grief, and like one from whom men hide their faces. He was despised, and we did not appreciate his worth or esteem him. But in fact, he bore our griefs. He carried our sorrows and our pain. Yet we ignorantly assumed that he was stricken, struck down by God, and degraded and humiliated by him. But he was wounded for our transgression. Remember what Cain symbolizes? To transgress means to miss the mark. Christ fulfilled it. You don't have to toil anymore, but come to him boldly to see what you have been going through and receive healing. He was crushed for our wickedness, our, our sin, our injustice, our wrongdoing. The punishment required for our well-being fell on him. And by his stripes, his wounds, we are healed. It says here, all of us like sheep have gone astray. We have turned each one to his own way, Spirit of Cain. But the Lord has caused the wickedness of us all, our sin, our injustice, our wrongdoing, to fall on him instead of us. We're free. But you have to understand now the choices that you have to make. See, rejection has probably done you so much, has got you so much results. Yeah? So many people have got results out of rejection, but it's kept Christ outside. And that's the choice that you have to make. Are you willing to let go of all these things that have brought you false results, false lie, a false happiness? A false control to let Christ begin to rule? It's your choice. Because rejection today has got so many people results, and that's why the enemy is in that fruit, always. Where there is warfare, lack of contentment, lack of peace, lack of rest, lack of joy. Because how can you enjoy anything when you feel rejected? So bless you all. I'm going to stop. I believe so many people got their answers today. I believe so many people got their answers today of what they've been struggling with all their life. It's true. So we'll pray today. If you can all stand up. How many people are, are carrying the spirit of rejection? See, most of the people, when they operate in condemnation, unworthiness, and they always feel detached from God's love, their main denominator is rejection. I want you to see it. Because when you see it, you can be free. Why so many people continuously operate in condemnation, in unworthiness, in the lack of love towards God, or they feel like God is hard on them, the main denominator is rejection. And today, you can be free from it. You must know that nothing can separate you from the love of God ever again. No matter what you're going through, you have a throne, the mercy seat of God, where you can come to every day to get help in time of need. And rid yourself from rejection. Because it never allows any type of relationship to prosper. Satan will always be there in your conscience when you operate in this way.
And it's so true. So today lift your hands with a sincere and true heart and begin to confess the way of rejection that you have been operating in. And it will go through the week, it will go through months, I don't know. But just understand now, you're free. You're in right standing with Christ. And why you continuously feel rejected is because you feel rejected from God. So let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, we enter your throne of grace boldly by the sprinkling of the blood of Jesus. We come to find help, mercy, and grace in time of need. Father, in Jesus' name, we command the spirit of rejection in whom Satan has held us captive to be released in Jesus' name. The spirit of Cain, which the root is rejection, we command it to be uprooted in the name of Jesus Christ. We plead the blood of Jesus Christ over this area, for we overcome Satan by the blood of the Lamb, the word of our testimony. We thank you, Holy Spirit, that you come into this area and uproot every fruit, every instrument of rejection that is inside of us. We declare that the old has passed away, the new has come. Thank you, Lord Jesus that we are transferred today in the image of your Son. Greater is the one who is in us than the one who is in the world. Thank you, Jesus. Holy Spirit, be released upon every heart today. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Be released today in the name of Jesus Christ. Come on, mean it in your heart. The Holy Spirit is present with us. It's not about coming here to the front. Mean it with your hearts. I know the Holy Spirit spoke so deeply about rejection. Mean it in your hearts and you'll be free. And your journey will begin. The Bible says that you have a Father in heaven that does way more than your earthly father can ever do. And I want you to know that every form of rejection that you went through, it's a lesson that God will never reject you. All your trust, all your commitment can be in Him because He will never leave you nor forsake you. He will never. You can be free today. You can be free because rejection, what does reje rejection do? It blocks God's love from you. You understand? Rejection blocks God's love from you because you're trying to get it for yourself. Please pay attention. Thank you, Jesus. We worship you, Lord. Hallelujah to your name. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Today we worship you, Lord Jesus, and we honor you for this teaching. We thank you for unlocking our hearts today and allowing us to be the new creation of Christ. In Jesus' name, we seal this prayer. Amen. Remember, out of this whole session, rejection blocks the love of God from entering your heart. So God bless you all. I feel like the Holy Spirit spoke to you.